today we have a very special guest who has been here before. So we have Kara Harvey. She was on the previous episode number 53 talking about productivity and ditching the overwhelm by prioritizing your time and money. And she is the creator and founder of A Purpose Driven Mom. She also has her own podcast with the same name. But today we she is sharing her debt payoff journey. So she was a teacher, her husband a teacher, uh, also a principal, lost his job several times during their journey. She built her business during this journey, and yet they still have managed to pay off a couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, some student loans were forgiven. They paid a huge chunk off before they were even married because they wanted to start off on the right foot. Um, and you know what? They're not debt free yet, but they are certainly on the journey. And I wanted to share her journey with you because it's so realistic. And it she has a bunch of great tips to help you keep going and helps you realize that it doesn't have to be a straight linear path and all out sprint, right? This is her journey over the last 10 years in reality. Um, but she has been able to stay focused. They've been able to weather the different storms throughout their marriage. Um, and yet they have still paid off a heck of a lot of debt on some teacher salaries, right? And of course, making some extra money. So let's dive into Kara's journey. Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you'll find a judgment-free zone to help you free yourself from overthinking and the fear of doing things the wrong way. It's time to shed yourself of the mom guilt, procrastination, and perfectionism so you can start doing the things that you really want to do with your money instead of just working to pay bills. I'm Ashley Patrick, ex-detective turned debt-free CEO of my very own business and stay-at-home mom of three. Not too long ago, my dreams of staying at home with my kids seemed impossible. I thought I'd have to stay miserable in a high stress and demanding job just so I could retire someday. After gaining the confidence in my own ability to manage my family's finances and a simple step-by-step -step plan to make it happen, I was able to pay off $45,000 in just 17 months, which then allowed me to finally quit my job, stay at home with my kids, and build a debt-free business. Now my mission is to help moms like you conquer debt and free themselves from the mental load of handling their family's finances. If you're ready to shed the guilt and shame surrounding your past money mistakes and tackle your debt, this is the place for you. Let's get started. Hi, Kara. Thank you so much for coming back to the Money Mindset Podcast. How are you doing? I am awesome. This is actually, I was just saying before we hit record, a really great time to talk because our money journey has been like quite a mountain, right? Like up and down, up and down, up and down. And we're at such a different point. So I'm excited to share a little bit about that. But it's such a good point. Like, you know, when things actually feel aligned, when it comes to money and not super duper stressed because you like have a plan, I'm in that stage where I like have a nice plan and I don't feel scattered about it. So I'm in a great place. Well, that is awesome because, you know, everybody's journey, including mine, has ups and downs. And, you know, I've talked a lot uh, recently on the podcast about how our trip out of the country ended up being way more expensive than I had planned or budgeted for. So uh, yeah, we've been trying to get back on track and caught up as well. And we're kind of in a similar 
place as well where like, okay, we have a plan. My husband's on board with selling some stuff to get caught up and kind of get back on track. And so it's just, you know, my husband's kind of a semi hoarder and we have lots of crap. We have a 40 by 60 building that is full. It is overflowing. Okay. So like, it's not just selling stuff because we're super broke. It's selling stuff because one, we need to get caught back up and on track and because there's just stuff everywhere, (laughs) but so I can totally relate to that. So when you were on the podcast last year, I can't believe it's already been a year. It was number 53 and I can't believe we're almost to 200 episodes. So I've been uh, hustling apparently this past year when I went to see what the number was, I was like, no way, 53. That feels like such a long time ago. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about money. Um, you were getting ready for Disney and you were talking about, um, sinking funds and stuff like that, but really the episode was more about, uh, your book. So you do have a book, but you talk a lot about productivity. And so that was kind of the focus. So I wanted to bring you back to share more about your money journey, because I feel like we're, we're kind of on this similar journey. Um, and you do, um, kind of talk about that a little bit and, um, share, um, your money journey. I don't want to say your finances, but you know, kind of what you're doing with certain things. And so whatever you're comfortable sharing, uh, we'll talk about today. Cause I know not everybody's comfortable sharing all the nitty gritty details and numbers, which is perfectly fine because people can still, get something out of your story. And that's why I love sharing these stories because somebody can relate to something and be like, oh, well, if she can do that and I'm in a similar situation, then I can do it too. So that's kind of the goal with sharing people's stories. So um, can you just start with kind of remind us um, what you do and who you help? And then we can go from there. Yeah, sure. And I'll tell you, I am a complete open book. So I will share absolutely everything. So you'll have to stop me if you, you know, cause I just will- <laughs> let it off there. Cause I think there's so much power in sharing our story, yes. but yeah, I am a productivity coach for work at home moms. I've been doing this for, it'll be six years in November and I absolutely love it. I started because I realized that there was nothing out there for moms that wasn't rooted in shame and it wasn't rooted in hustle. Everything was go big or go home. You have to do everything at once, um, all in. And it was leading us moms who probably a lot of you maybe still struggle with this perfectionist mindset of, I have to do it this way or it doesn't count. And if I'm not going a million miles an hour and doing everything, I'm a failure. And so I got uh, certified as a life coach and I decided to use my background as a teacher for almost 10 years, um, a special education teacher in particular. Uh, and I basically tell people now, like I help like adults write IEPs like for themselves. Like that is like what I get to do now. People are like, do you, are you sad? Cause I do still have student loans. They're like, are you sad that you're still paying your loans? I'm like, I use it every day. So I use my method. It's small, tiny steps. And so I took that and I wrote my book, The 15-Minute Formula, in January of 2022. And I run the Purpose Driven Mom podcast. Yes. And it's awesome. So go check it out. And, you know, we're very similar in that way. Small steps. So tell us, um, you did mention you already have student loans. So I'm curious, um, and I know you're married. Um, what has your financial journey just even with, um, you know, since you've been married and be even before you had your own business, because, you know, when you have your own business, you kind of you can make a lot of money and then you can have months where you don't make any money. And so there's a lot more ebb and flow in that. Um, but how um, how do you and your husband kind of handle 
the finances together? Or do you even do it together? Because I get that question yeah. a lot. How do you get your spouse sure. on board? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, our journey, my money journey, I mean, like all of us, like my money mindset, all that stuff started when I was a kid, right? But our money journey and our debt payoff journey began when we were engaged. So we uh, went through a couple workshops. We did like a Dave Ramsey thing, a Danny Johnson thing. We had learned about money, read some books. And when we got engaged, we had $400,000 in debt combined. So we had my student loans, which were almost a hundred thousand, his that were over. So my husband and I both have our masters. Um, we had the house and then we had car notes and credit cards and loans and all of it. So we had about $400,000 in debt. And I said, I just can't do this. My parents fought a lot about money. It's one of the reasons they got divorced. They filed bankruptcy. We lost our house as a kid. Like we went through all of that. And I said, I want something different for us. And so at this point we had my stepson who was four or five, I guess he's 16 now. So like, I'm like, I'm trying to math that. So it was just him as um, our kid and our finances were different, but we said, what can we do to get on the same page? And so we did the thing where we made the spreadsheet wrote all of our debts down and I was still working as a teacher. So at this point, my husband was a principal. I was a teacher and I was working part-time in network marketing. And we made a plan to pay off as much debt as we could before we got married. And so what we did was I stayed as a teacher. So I had my full teaching income and anything I made separately in network marketing, we put right into our debt. And I was making a, a pretty decent amount so much so that after my ninth year teaching, I was able to leave the classroom to full-time go into network marketing, right? I had made enough money for that. And so with that, we had paid off all of our cars, the credit card, and we cash flowed our wedding. And so we wound up getting to go into our marriage with much less debt. We had our student loans, we had our house. And I feel like we had like one bigger note of something we, you know, paid almost, you know, half of it off at this point. And we were really on the same page and things were like going great. We were tracking things in cash envelopes. We were, you know, talking about it, but we were also nickel and diming ourselves to the point where it wasn't fun. I think I've shared the story with him, you before, and I know you can relate to this where we'd have, you know, he'd go buy a pack of gum at Wawa and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, we can't, we can't have gum right now. Are you serious? Like we can't do any of this. Every penny needed to go there. And it became no fun. And it became a sprint, which I'm glad we did. Right. But it became a sprint that we didn't see an end to because our we had so much debt after that, right? Like, yeah, we had paid a lot, all the small stuff up, but we still had like 250,000, I don't know, my math is off here. We had a lot of money still. And it felt so far-fetched that I was like, I can't do this forever. So we did what I think a lot of people do. And we went on a spending spree. And mm -hmm. we said, well, we're just going to spend all our money and not care about budgeting and screw this. It's too, like, uh, too intense. And we did that for a little bit. And then... Um, we got married, things were going good. And then my husband got let go from his job, right? This is going to be a pattern, a common theme that you will see. I swear my husband is a wonderful employee, but there's just been circumstances multiple times for to count in our marriage in the past 10 years where he has lost his job. So this was the first time. And so um, I was home at this point working full-time network marketing. He was um, out of work. And so when that happens, you start to accrue more debt because you're, you know, you can't pay a lot of the bills, things go on credit cards. So that was a short, a few months. He went back to work. We were good for a bit. We decided to get back on our budgeting. So we have an app that we share together. We've used this app the entire time. Like we have stayed, even whenever we go off it, we always come back to the app, right? So we got kind of back on track, back with sinking funds. We were doing good for a little bit. My network marketing business started to take off. So we we're making enough money to continue to pay things off. And then he lost his job again. 
this time he was out of work for nine months. And so oh. this was the time where we, we almost lost everything. Right. And I remember it too, Ash, because I said to him, I think I'm going to stop remember marketing. I was making like maybe like $4,000 a month too. And I was like, I think I'm done. Like, I feel like I'm hustling all the time. This doesn't feel aligned. Like, I don't want to do this. I have an idea that I want to start a blog and see what I can do. And this is my son who's about to be six was like two weeks old. And I was like, what do you think if I just like stopped doing the network marketing stuff and started my own business? We're good, right? Like meaning financially, we're okay if I do this. And he was working, he was like, fine, fine. And then two weeks later, he was like, oh. And his school closed and like the whole thing. And I was like, are we not good? Are we still good? Like, what are we doing? He's like, we're gonna be fine. It can't be that long, whatever. At this time, I was also dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression with my son. I was starting my brand new business and we had, again, almost lost everything. So this went on for nine months where he was like attempting to get jobs. He was taking side jobs. I wound up getting a side job working at a bookstore part-time so that I could make the money to send my kids um, to school a couple of days a week so I could grow this business that I had just started. And we had no budget or financial plan. They was survival at this point, right? I was like sitting at the food bank, trying to make sure I was couponing to pay for diapers. Like we were just trying to do anything. So we didn't think about our money, except for the fact that we needed it for probably another two years, because even though he got employed again, after a huge stint of unemployment, you're just in so much debt, right? You're just like, there's, you're just crawling out of it. And so he had gotten an extra job. He was delivering newspapers. He would get up at four o'clock in the morning or three, two, it was like three in the morning. He would go deliver newspapers and then he would go to school as a principal and then work all day. And so I got a job at the bookstore. Like we were just really trying to make it work. And I was trying to grow my business in the first two years. And uh, little so, kids. <laughs> and having little kids at this point, we had all three of them, right? So trying to manage that. Um, and we, we made it through. I forget this part of my story a lot. Like, I feel like I blank it out. But then when I think about it, I'm like, wow, we've really been through it. Like, we really yeah. got through that that valley. Um, and then we were good for a little bit. So we had a couple of years where money was coming in from him. And then in 2020, my business just kind of blew up. I teach work at home moms productivity. Everybody was home. They were like, help me. And so my business started to really scale. And at this point, I still actually, to this date, still make money in network marketing. I still, every single month, because I built such a big team, I, I don't work it. I still get a paycheck. And I had my money from that. And I have my money for my business. So we said, let's get back on the same page with our finances. And so we were able to get a large influx of money from my summit. It's always like the biggest month of the year. And we paid off one of our cars and I was like, Hey, how about we like get back on our budgeting? So we started budgeting again. And that was for about a year and a half where we had started to slowly pay off debt. But it was that thing that happens where you go from having no money to having money where you're like, Oh, I just want to buy everything that yes. I couldn't buy. Totally when we had no money. So we, yes. So we <laughs> did that for a little bit and then he lost his job again. And oh, no. this was only for, this one was for like a month or so. But this time was different because my business was in a different place. So that month he was out of work, I was able to hold us. I was able to like keep us afloat and we were good. That's all. And so we were doing, we were doing good. We were back on budgeting um, and back on the same page with it because we'd had a lot of challenging conversations. Every time we talked about my business, I just felt like he wasn't doing this, but I was feeling attacked. Like he was like, Where's the money coming from? Are you not making money? He was literally just asking like, oh, what did you make this month? So he could budget, like, so he could put it in the spreadsheet. And my mind was taking it as, you don't think my business is real. I'm not doing enough, like all those thoughts, right? Yes. Um, so we've gotten back on the same pages, but with, with our budgeting and getting there. Um, and then my business was, is doing well. And then this is in real time now, um, a few months ago, he was fired from his job. 
again, this time was completely un unlawful. It was actually like a racial discrimination case that we just closed. So I'll tell that part when we get to like what we're doing and our plans for that money because we did just settle with a lawyer on that one. Um, and this time, not that it was like the coolest time he was unemployed, but it was cool because I held us for four months. My business was able to do that our, in our budgeting. So now that we're back in the place where he's got a great job and he's working, my business is doing that. We had a budget meeting the other day and we're like, we need to start saving some retirement money. We want to start paying off some debts. We want to buy some things. We want to build an addition. Like grown up, I feel like grown up people problems now. I'm like, now that we're like really, I feel settled, what can we do with the money? And so that was a long winded way of saying, we are on the same page and talk about our finances a lot. It's not always a nice conversation because I feel like I get really defensive easily. Um, so we have to work on that. But we do talk about it a lot because I think that in the times where we weren't talking about it, it turned into a lot of hiding spending. Like, I don't know how I was hiding it. We share an Amazon account, right? But I was like, just not talking about it. I was like, I'll just spend stuff and like, you know, he'll see it. <laughs> Or him doing the same thing and making big purchases. Um, so I don't know if that answered any question, but that's kind of a cliff notes of our story plus <laughs> how we do it as a married couple. I love it. Um, so it sounds like you're both involved with like tracking and all of that. So is that something that you guys have like clear roles or is it like who's doing what with the actual planning and tracking? Yeah. So this was a hard one for me to give up because I had always done just a simple like Excel spreadsheet on my own before we were married. Um, I come from a family where like we didn't have a lot of money. And so as soon as like I got my own grown up money, I was like, I'm not doing this again. And so he wanted to take over that. And I like wasn't ready to let him do that. I was like, no, like we have to do this together. Uh, so that took a little bit of time to find our flow, but our flow now that does work is we do keep like one big Excel spreadsheet with all of our bills and our budgets and stuff on it. He tracks the big one. And then we have an app that we use where he goes in every day to track like every single penny that's like getting spent, like reconciling it from our account into our app. And, and then what we have inside of our app is we've got set up little folders for the budgets. And so we'll say X amount of fun money or X amount of clothing or X amount of groceries we give that a home each month and then our both of our responsibilities. And this is the commitment we just made for this month because we said our spending has gotten kind of out of control. I do want to start looking at where we're going to invest and in what we want to pay off next because we do have some debt still. Um, thankfully, his student loans were forgiven 100%. So he was oh, able sweet. to do that. Yeah, 110,000 completely forgiven with the student loan forgiveness. He's actually doing my paperwork now um, to get mine forgiven as well. So we're hoping that we can get those both forgiven. So right now we're down to my car, which we're thinking we're going to pay off in the next week or so in the house. And like, that's it. So the commitment we made for ourselves for July, because with his new job, he only gets paid once a month. And we've never had that. We've always Ooh, had two harder. pays a month. Yeah. So we're like, <laughs> we need to figure out what this looks like. Um, and so actually what he did right before we went on vacation two weeks ago, he printed out and I loved it. I told him, I was like, I love when you talk money pools. Like, I was <laughs> like, this is it for me. Like so he printed out our budgets, our, he highlighted, he categorized, he came to me with the numbers. I was like, stop. Like, this is how you talk. Like, this is my love language. Um, and he said, we spent a lot of money not paying attention last month. And I said, agree. And so we said, why don't we try to decrease that spending? Cause it was like five grand. I think we spent last month. And I was like, Oh my God, like it's what easy are we to doing? do right when you're not paying attention. So easy when you're so not paying attention. So we, 
Yep. So we made, so we scaffolded some goals. So our July goal is we're going to spend a thousand dollars less in July. And then in August, we'll spend a thousand dollars less. Cause that's comfortably like around 3000, like is about where we're comfortable with our three kids and all of our spending. And we know this because we've tracked it for long. So we know that that's about where we want to get back down to, but we didn't want to just jump there right away because we knew, we knew what was going to happen. Right. We were like, let me slow and steady this. And, uh, we committed to ourselves that for July, our goal is to get it down by a thousand. And we're both committing that every purchase we make, we follow the system of you look at the app first. If it's in the app and we have the money, go ahead and spend it, but you got to track it. And so that's kind of our July goal. It's probably going to be our August goal as well. And then at the end of August, we said, we'll sit down and have another conversation about the savings and the money we have and like what we want to do with that. Yesterday, he actually, he paid off. We did have like a loan that we had that went into um collections because we hadn't paid it and when he called them yesterday and was able to settle it i think it was eighteen thousand, and he settled it for eight and we were able to pay it off yesterday yes oh so God, they took it exciting yes yeah, so that was and that that like that was so exciting because that was one of those debts that we got into during our 10 years of marriage of unemployment that like we just couldn't get out of and we were like we really just want to pay this off and we had the money and we were like he's like i'm just gonna call and see if we can settle it so our goal now is to figure it out, but it's, it's right now it's the slow and steady and the commitment of you look at the app. If it's there, cool. Track it. And that is what we're doing right now. And we both have a hand in that. That's awesome. So I know I will get asked, what is the app? <laughs> oh yeah. Let me, I think it's called I reconcile. Hold on. Oh, I haven't I'm heard of that actually. one. I think it's like $25. Oh no, it's just called checkbook. It's called checkbook. It's yellow. <laughs> I, and it, like, we can put, I don't know if you do video, but we can put all of our little categories in here. Oh, that's so like, cool. we have all of our stuff in there and it syncs to both of our phones. I feel like it's like 25 bucks for the month, maybe, or the year, not the month. Um, so it's not very expensive at all. We've tried a bunch of apps. I tried to get him on like YNAB. I was like, everybody likes this one and he likes this. And here's the thing I have found with my husband and maybe other people can relate. If I can get him to do any system, I will just get on board. Yeah. Okay. I want him to do my system. I want him terribly to do the one that I think is the best, but my goal is that he just does it. And so if he wants to pick it, I am just along for the ride. And I think maybe a lot of us do this, but we fight tooth and nail. Cause you see Ashley mentions this app and you're like, you want to try it. I find with him, it needs to be his idea and that he did it. And I'm along for the ride. So I, that's why when he picked, started printing out those sheets and was highlighting, I was like, okay, here we are. Like, and then I, then I had to talk myself down because I knew what I was doing. I was getting too excited. And I knew if I got too excited, he would be like, oh, I and I was like, okay, do you, do you want to have like a weekly budget meeting? And, we, and he was like, no, I was like, okay, right, we'll get there. We'll get there one day. Um, Cause goals are my love language, right? Like setting goals and rewards and inside, like, that's how I, I just love it. Um, and I can get to be a little too much, I think for his personality, because we're very opposite. So again, if you're struggling, get your partner on board, like read the room, right? Like <laughs> what do they need? And I think I will say this though, because my parents fought so much about money, right? And it was so much of a control thing. I took that into my marriage. And when I realized that like, I needed to release the control and think, and I always say this to moms, I coach, like what's really the end goal. The end goal is like, we want to buy a couple things we have on our list. We want to build an addition. We want to save for retirement and we don't want to feel stressed out about money every day. And if that takes me allowing him to, to choose the app and being less stubborn, cause I'm stubborn. I want things my way. Cool. Right. Like sometimes you just have to get to the goal a different way. And so if you're having trouble, like getting your partner on board, like give them the ownership. Hey, I'm thinking we should, you know, start tracking some of our stuff. 
I know that you are really great at apps on your phone. I don't know, because maybe they're on their phone or something all the time. Do you want to look and see if you can find an app that'll be cool? I have some suggestions, but I'd love to see what you would think. And just put the ball in their court for a little bit. I think, um, I don't know, maybe this is not. I think when it comes to finances, it can feel like demasculating sometimes, especially like, I just told you my story. I was the primary breadwinner winner four times in our marriage, right? So there's so many things in there. I think that as um, society and traditional gender roles, right? That sometimes we have to just like understand that. And like, my husband's never going to say that to me. He's not going to like tell me his feelings about how he like feels like he should be the one in charge. Like, it's just not going to happen. And now that we're at a point in my business where I make more than him, right? So there's like a whole nother layer of that. I just think if you're having trouble, that's just something that, that helped me. Yes. And I love that you brought that up because I'm telling people all the time, sometimes you just have to compromise a little bit and, you know, give up some of that control. So I love that you're focusing on the end goal. It doesn't matter how you get there, right? As long as you get there. So I love that. So how, so he doesn't want to do weekly meetings. So how often are you doing like a check-in with each other? So in July, actually, it's so it's funny because he was like, oh, we don't need to do all that. I think we've talked about it every day, like every day in July. And so he didn't want to, you know what it is? The formal, the formality of it is very, again, so I'm an Enneagram yeah. three, like, let's go, give me a spreadsheet. He's an Enneagram nine. He is not about that, right? He's like very laid back. And so I think the formality was like very, uh, you know, anti for him. He was like, I don't want that. But we've talked about it every day. And in the way that, for example, my kids have swim lessons today, right? And I need to go to the ATM to get cash for the swim instructor. And so I texted him this morning. I was like, hey, I need to go cash. What budget category do you think this should come from? Right? Like I had some ideas. It could be from fun. We also have a budget category we just call random because when we looked at our numbers, we had a bunch of Amazon purchases and we had no idea what they were. So we, we this month we put like $400 in random and we're like, oh, we'll see. And he's like, why don't you just take it from random right now? Because it's not like they have swim every week. It's like if they had that, that would come out as a bill, right? But they right. don't. So it's random. So we actually have wound up talking about it more frequently. I will say because we're in a place of positive financial, I don't know, things feel good with our money. It is easier to talk about right now than when things did not feel good, right? So like when we were really struggling, these conversations were not as fun and not as fluid, but because we're at a place where we feel more empowered with our money, it's a lot lighter for us, right? It doesn't feel like the pressure. It's not like, can I spend this $60 on swim, right? It's like, Hey, I looked, we have this money. Where do you think it should come from? So actually, so we are checking in pretty much every week. We'll probably check in. What is today? We'll probably check in in a couple days because I still pay myself by weekly, bi-monthly, two times a month. I don't remember which is the right one, right? Like I still pay myself twice a month. So what's interesting is the way we're doing the monthly. And like I said, this is new for us is we took his pay and we were able to pay all of our bills. Other exciting things is my son is going into kindergarten, which means we don't have preschool bills anymore. So we're not paying for that. My oldest is going into 11th grade. He goes to private school. So in two more years, we're not going to pay for that. So I'm like, so we also, I think part of our extra spending this summer is we have this extra thousand dollars a month we were spending on school that like all of a sudden was in our account. We hadn't given it a name. We haven't given it a job. So we just spent it, right? So um, I think what we did was we paid all of their bills for the month with his one pay. We were able to do that. And then when I paid myself at the start of the month, we used that for our budgets. So now we know that our bills are covered for the month. We know that our budgets are covered. And thankfully, my next pay um, 
it will just go right into a savings. And we're just going to like put it into one of our side accounts. And we told ourselves that we'll wait and then make decisions this month on like, do we, how much do we have? Should we, does it make sense to pay off a larger bill or does it make sense to like start a different savings or investment plan um, with it? So I think we'll probably do like an official one next week. We're going on vacation again. And I will tell you this, the best time to do this is in the car because it can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere. We have to have the conversation. We're in a long drive. Um, and so we tend to have these types of things in the car. So we'll probably do it maybe twice a month. That's so funny because uh, you and I are so much alike. That's how I got my husband on board too, is long road trips. Be like, okay, you can't, you have to listen to this now. Like, yeah, that's trapped. so awesome. <laughs> I love that you also had mentioned, um, kind of scaling down because I talk about that a lot too. It it doesn't have to be feast or famine, right? There is a middle ground with your spending and getting back on track. And like, when you set those smaller goals, you're more likely to reach them and get that motivation that, you know, a, um, dopamine hit to keep going. Right. And so I love that you're focusing on just a little less spending this month and then a little less spending the next month and then see where you're at. So what are some of the other, um, kind of like bigger financial goals that you guys are maybe working on, or are you just kind of more focusing on the smaller goals to move in the right direction? Well, this is fun that you asked because last week we went on vacation too. And so we had another long talk about this. Um, And so we just made some bigger goals because I think we weren't at a place to think bigger, right? We're still in this triage mode of just like, let's get it together. And so what's fun now is that we have this plan for the summer um, because we have two vacations planned this summer. We hadn't saved for them. We used to like be really on top of sinking funds and stuff. We hadn't. So we said, we're just going to spend and like, let it be for these vacations and move on because we had the extra money in there. And so we decided we're going to decide what to do with the money based on a couple of things. Okay. So we want to, um, buy a trailer very badly. Like we very much want one, but in order to get a trailer, we would need a new car that can pull it. And my oldest just got his permit this week. So he will be driving in November. So we're probably going to give him, this is the conversation we had too, because I didn't get a car handed to me. My husband did. So we like, had talked about the end, but I wouldn't, that messed my credit up right away because I couldn't pay it. The car got repossessed when I went to college. My dad was like, I'll pay it. He never did. They took my car. So it was like a whole thing for me. So I was like, I want to give him my car. Um, So we'll probably give him my car. I'll get my husband's, my husband will get a bigger car, right? So there's the car savings. Next year is our 10 year wedding anniversary and my 40th birthday. And so we want to take a trip. And so I traveled a lot in my twenties. My husband did not. I want a vacation. I want to like go all inclusive. I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I want to read my book. He wants to travel. I'm like, oh, fine. seen the world. I don't want to, I'm not, and I say that like in a very privileged way. Like I've traveled a lot. I have seen the world. It's awesome. Um, but I just want to sit and like whatever, but he wants to go to Italy. Um, so we talked about it. And so I teach a method in my program, dream, learn, plan, do. And so I'm about to walk into the dream phase for this, for next spring after my next summit. And we'll probably are going to go to Italy for like a week and do a vacation. So we need to figure out how much is that going to cost and like start that process. Um, but then, okay, so those are fun things. The rational side of it is we wanted to move. We could sell our house, I'm sure, for a lot. We're not going to find anywhere to live right now. So we're like not exactly. doing that. My little people. Yeah, right. So I'm like, looked at our value. I was like, oh my gosh, this would be great. But we could live in the trailer, I guess, if we buy it. But um, my little people, they, again, my son's about to be six. My daughter's will be uh, eight in December. They still share a room and we need space. And my oldest will be in college in two years, but like, we just need space. So 
practically, I think what we'll have our conversation will be at the end of the month is how much is it going to cost to build in a small edition to build an extra room. So I think that will be what we do. And then on top of it, we need to save more for retirement. Like my husband has stuff he's had, but as a business owner, like I don't have enough stuff for my retirement. Like I put my money in my ASAP IRA, like every once in a while, like I pretend like I'm a grown up, but like I do not. And so um, I know that I would like to have more savings, especially because we've come from a place where we haven't had income coming in. It's scary, right? And I don't want to be there again. Like we really need to get our stuff together in that department. So that's our multiple direction octopus of like eight things we'd like to do um and like i said at the end of the summer we said that will be the meeting we have is cool we were able to stick to this can we decrease it anymore what savings goals do we want to make and what makes the next what makes the most sense next so it's fun because we're in this dream phase of like just tossing stuff out there like this is what i'd like this is where i want to go where do you see things and then when reality hits you know after budgeting we'll we'll make an actual plan. And then maybe we'll go a little tighter on our budgets. You know, maybe we'll do a little sprint. I don't know. It's just going to depend on like what the goals are and where they financially shake down. So since he has had, you have had all these um, periods with, um, you know, losing jobs and income. So what are you doing now to kind of prepare in case that were to happen again, or even in business, you know, sometimes you can have a bad month and things like that. So what are you doing to kind of um, buffer that? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, right now we don't have a ton of things. We always try to have at least one to two months of our bills, like just in savings you know, bare minimum, I would say, like, make sure you got the mortgage at least covered in there. But we try to have those in there. This year in particular, um, I've put more into my business savings. So I have like a nice chunk of money. I also like, again, great problems to have, but like taxes, I was what? Like, right. So like my first year of business, I made nine grand and I was like, Woo-hoo, great. Second year I made 32 grand. I was like, this is amazing. 2020 hit. It was my first six figure year. I was like, taxes, what, what are we doing? And now that like we're on the track this year to hit a quarter million, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to be screwed, right? And the quarterly taxes, like I still owe the IRS from last year, like trying to get it together. So I am paying myself a little less right now to keep more in my business savings for just in case I want to be able to pay my team. I want to be like, you know, and that was a scary conversation and a real one that I had with my team when my husband lost his job. Um, I said, you were all very valuable. I do not want to lose you. I'm going to be honest though. I'm going to have to reevaluate if I have to reevaluate things like there is a chance hours are going to get cut. My highest expenses are my team, right? Yeah. They're incredible. And they allow me to work 25 hours a week. So, I mean, like I'm here to pay that, but I was real with them. And so I've been paying myself a little less, which is fine because we can still cover our bills and putting more into savings so that if we need it, part of me is like, oh, maybe I should put that right into my SEP IRA, but I just kind of keep it in my account for now, just to have because there are slower ones, right? Our summer just ended. That's always our biggest month of the year. I take a lot of that money and put it right into savings, right? I I still pay myself the normal typical amount. I try to pay myself 40% of what we gross, right? So I try to pay myself like what I would typically pay myself 40% of what we bring in. And then the rest is just like, I don't need it for expenses. So I just drop it in my savings and I say, this is going to be are just in case. And then, you know, and then if we get to the end of the year, we don't need it. We can just put that into the retirement and then kind of start over from there. I love that. Um, so as we wrap up here, what advice, because you're all about goals and productivity. And I love that your journey hasn't been just an all out sprint. You paid off all this money super, super fast. And then like, 
you know, that's it. It's been a journey and that's more realistic. And I think other people can relate to that. So uh, for people that are maybe listening right now and they're just, they, they feel stuck, what kind of advice would you give them to just get going with their finances, whether it's a budget or paying off debt or whatever, it starts with a goal, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think we're very similar in this like slow and steady habits on it. And I know it's scary and you're not going to want to do it. But the first step in my goal setting process is baseline. Print out, print out your statements. Awareness. It's so scary. We don't want to look at it because we don't want to know. But what I would encourage you to do is to print those statements out and just know like, where are you at? And like, again, we know how to budget. We all go through periods where it just doesn't look as pretty as we want. Where are you at with your spending? Because I, I do the same thing, right? I teach time management. We do an inventory of our time and then you see it. And that awareness is that first step of saying, is this aligned? Heck, maybe your spending is aligned with where you want to be. Cool. Then you can make a goal. If it's not, then you make adjustments, but go in with no shame, no judgment. Say like when I saw my husband with those things, my, we call her the inner critic at APDM, right? Like she was about to come up like, oh my God, I'm just going to be in so much trouble. I can't believe I spent all this money. I'm so irresponsible. I should have been sick. Like all of those thoughts came up and he saw it in my face. He knows me real well. And, he, and I was like, what you doing? And he was like, oh, I was just looking up, you know, the things so we can get on the same page. And I immediately went, I'm really sorry. Like I haven't been, and he was like, stop. We're just paying attention. I was like, thank you. And I needed to hear it too. So I want you to tell yourself, I'm going in this to see where we're at because I would like to make a change. And wherever it is that I'm at, I can't go back and take it back, but I can, you know, you know, better you do better. And so I can, I can move forward with it. So I would say, make your first goal of printing it out and going through it. I teach everything in 15 minute steps. So I would chunk that out. Literally the goal could be day one, print out my one credit card statement. Day two, print the second one, third. So by the end of the first week, you've got everything compiled. And then just put 15 minute timers on three to five times a week. I'm just gonna spend 15 minutes color coding. I'm just gonna spend 15 and then stop because it can be overwhelming when you get started. The shames, it's a lot, right? Stop at the 15 minutes, say, hey, I'm proud of you for showing up today. I'll get back to it and make the goal. Maybe by the end of this next month, you are done with your baseline. You have your, your butt bills, your, you know, you know what it is. And then you can start to make some goals. I think a lot of us want to jump into the goal. We want to jump into what can I do? How mm -hmm. am I going to fix this? I want you to figure out where you're at. It's like similar with water, right? People be like, go drink a gallon of water. Well, if you're barely chugging eight ounces a day to jump to a gallon, you're going to quit by Tuesday. So instead, what if you made a goal that was aligned for you instead of, I see this $0 budget that has you spending $20 a week on food. Like that's not realistic if that's not where your family's at. So I always, always say, before you jump in, take a pause and go into this baseline and add in that dream phase while you're going through, while you're acknowledging the spending, while you're just paying attention, start to think, what would I do with this money if I didn't spend it on this? What would I like to do? Allow yourself to dream. I think a lot of times when we're in a lot of debt, we feel like we can't dream about things like that because we don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. I'm so bad with my money already. I don't have the money for this. You deserve to dream. You deserve to make goals. And when you start to like, there's some really cool brain science on this, but like when you start to like think about it and open your brain up to it, your brain will start to see other possibilities of it. And it starts to become realistic. If you don't ever allow yourself to dream, then your brain is going to shut off there. Like it's like the end of the runway. And it's like, cool, this is the life I have. And that's how a lot of people live. This is the life I have. This is the life I was given, right? That's that fixed mindset. This is where I'm going to be at. Instead, while you're doing it, be like, oh yeah, I did spend the money on Amazon. All right, cool. I mean, that was worth it. You know, what I really would like to do though. Um, I'd like to be able to have an Amazon budget and like not feel guilty about it. How can I make that happen? Right. Yes. Or, oh man, we found, I'm going to be real. 
spent like $600 on eating out. I was like, oh my God, like, what did we do here? Right. And I immediately was like, nah, like that's not a place to be. And I thought, what could I have done with that? And like, yeah, we still are eating out. I think we made our eating out budget $400 this month. Again, still more than I want to be spending very much more, but it's less. So met in the middle. And I said, oh, what could we do with this money? Where could it go? What could I have spent on that? You know, like there's so many things you can dream about. And I think when you start to think about it that way, it becomes realistic and it starts to become feasible. Like this could be something that happens to me. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I love, I, I just love the whole concept, uh, you know, because you have to dream, like you have to let yourself feel like it's possible for you. And if you just have this mindset, you're stuck in the mindset of, um, that's never going to happen for me. So why dream about it? Well, then it's not going to happen because you already think it's not going to happen. Right. Um, so as we wrap up here, I always like to ask people for a nonfiction book that you really like that, um, kind of helps improve our lives. Right. So, you know, self-improvement could be productivity, you know, could be your own book and another book. Uh, do you have a favorite book to kind of help people with this process? Oh my God. You said wrap up and then you start talking about books. Actually, I don't even, I can't, I love books. I could talk about books forever. I was like, where are we going? Let's talk about books. Yes. And I want to give a couple. Um, so yes, my book is called the 15 minute formula. How busy moms can ditch the guilt. Say yes to what matters. Conquer their goals. Go grab it. Amazon Barnes and Noble. I just read this book though. I am loving it. It's called drive your own darn bus. I think the author's name is Jill something. It's an orange book. I got it on audible. I read a lot of personal growth books, right? We have a book club in my membership. So we read this for book club. It's been a long time that I've actually been like, oh my gosh, let me rewind. I literally bought the book as I was listening to it. Like that has not happened to me in a long time. This book was incredible because it talks about limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, people pleasing, how to have hard conversations, boundaries. I think all the things that will help you in your personal life, in your financial journey, um, in your business, everything. Like I just finished it a couple of weeks ago and have not stopped telling people about it because I think it's wonderful. So it's called drive your own darn bus. I don't remember the subtitle. I think her name is Jill something. It's on audible. Highly recommend. Love it. I haven't heard of that one. I always love it when I get a new suggestion because mm. a lot of times it's the same books. Uh, yep. Love that. So thank you. Um, and what, um, where can people follow you and get to know you more? Sure. Uh, the podcast is probably the best place to hang out. Purpose Driven Mom Show, wherever you podcast. I'm over on Instagram at a purpose driven mom. I just started TikTok because after the summer, I was talking about TikTok. I'll do some TikTok. So I'm on TikTok too, um, at a purpose driven mom um, everywhere. And if you want to go to the 15minuteformula.com slash free, I have a free workbook that accompanies my book um, and you can get it whether you get the book or not. And it links over to the book as well. Awesome. And is there anything else you'd like to add that maybe I didn't ask you that uh, now you want to um, make sure people know? Um, I mean, I feel like we actually went really deep. I wasn't planning, but you just, we just started talking and there it went. Oh, I know, I just, right? there, there's so much to it and I didn't even get to all of it. And I just think that one of the most important things when it comes to your money journey is realizing that it's your journey and it can change and that your parents' journey doesn't have to be your journey and that you are capable of creating a new journey. So just wherever you are right now, if you could just give yourself like a nice little hug and say, you did what you did and we're gonna move on and you don't need to beat yourself up anymore. And like, I still struggle with this a lot of like feeling guilt over dumb money decisions, right? Like my husband, I just talked about this and he was like, I just wish I had spent money. I was like, I agree, but we didn't. 
but we didn't. So like, what are we gonna do about it? It is not going to move us forward to sit and shame ourselves over decisions that past us made. So just if anyone else is listening to this and you're like, I've been there, I feel this, I understand, it's too far, it's not, it's not too late. You can always, you know, pick up a new habit and get started with your money. Yes, absolutely. I love that. So thank you so much for coming back to the podcast and sharing uh, more of your money journey with us. I know people are going to be able to connect with it and relate to it. I mean, because it's very, it's realistic. It's real life. Like (laughs) your journey is like most people's journeys. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you to Kara for coming back and sharing her financial journey with us. Be sure to go follow her on Instagram, on her podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to make sure that you are subscribed here with the Money Mindset Podcast and head on over to Instagram at Budgets Made Easy and give me a follow there. If you would like to get started on your debt payoff journey, but you're not sure exactly what to do or where to start, go grab your free debt starter kit at budgetsmadeeasy.com slash debt. And I will talk to you soon.